Howdy, folks. This is the Words of Truth from the Scriptures podcast. I'm Brian Yeager, and this is one of our special episodes coming to you this Thursday. I've got one of the brethren from the congregation here in El Paso joining me, Paul Lovett, and we're going to talk about some family traditions, and specifically as they relate to the subject matter of religion. And when we look at the scriptures, we know that there are challenges when it comes to our families. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said in verse 34 through 39, Think not I'm come to send peace on earth. I'm come not to send peace, but a sword. For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So Paul and I, when we were kind of discussing a little bit about what would be a podcast, this is relative to him because Paul comes from a family that was rooted in religious traditionalism, and he has tried to talk to them through the scriptures, and there's some some hostility sometimes, and not some some not so good discussions that come from it. And this gives us an opportunity to talk about something that maybe you're going through. Maybe you've tried to talk to your family about the Bible, or hey, let's flip this. Maybe you're the one that's got a family member that's trying to say, hey, what you're doing is not really according to the scriptures. So, Paul, I want to go ahead and turn it over to you and let you get going on some of these thoughts you might want to talk about. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so this was, uh, when, when thinking about things that I've encountered a lot, this has been probably the focus of uh, a lot of what I've been studying for for uh, the past many years, really since I, I we came here originally back in 2015, was uh, kind of reflecting on how I grew up, uh, how I grew up with my family, what I grew up in, uh, and then how that impacted me as I, I went through my life. Uh, so we... Just a little background on me. We, uh, I grew up in the Church of Christ uh, in California, and I mean, I thought at the time we were uh, talking with my family. We were, we were conservative. Uh, we we followed. It was always we speak where the Bible speaks, or uh, be silent where the Bible is silent, and that was kind of what I thought uh, was was how we grew up, uh, or how we how we interacted with the scriptures, and uh, I, I found that that wasn't really the case when I was really confronted with it and said, hey, this isn't just what you've always done, uh, but you need to step back and you need to prove it. But that really never happened until I was a lot older. And it wasn't that I didn't face things, like as, especially as a kid, I was a very precocious kid. I, I would get in arguments uh, and I would, I, would, I would cause arguments. Uh, and I always thought that we had the scriptural position. Uh, but then when it was simple things, uh, like what I grew up with, uh, like the second offering, uh, uh, when... Uh, I, do I need to go into the second offering? Or? Yeah, explain what you mean when, when you talk about that. So maybe maybe our listeners that aren't familiar with what you're talking about can get a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so uh, one of the big things uh, with Churches of Christ, especially where, where I grew up in California, was that they'd uh, they, you'd come together on Sunday mornings, uh, and then there would be a break usually for uh, so that people could go home and watch football or something like that. Just take a break for Sundays, and then they would come back. Uh, but even as a kid, you knew that not always everybody came back Sunday nights. Uh, and so... Uh, that was one thing that it was very common. It was just exp uh, something that I encountered a lot. And it wasn't just my congregation. We, we we visited a lot of different congregations when I was a kid. We would travel a lot. And so that was something that wasn't new. Uh, it was something we encountered a lot. Uh, and uh, the the other things like prayers. Uh, so, so hold sorry. on, back up a little bit. Sure. Because you're, you're talking about 
people on Sunday morning. So what? Let me let me make sure I understand what you're saying correctly. Um, so the people that were there on Sunday morning and Sunday night weren't always the same crowd. No, no. I. So what did they do with the Lord's Supper? When you say a second offering, oh, yeah. What was what was that for? Yeah, it was it was for the people who couldn't make it, and so there there would be various reasons: sickness uh, or people who were working. Uh, anything like that, but uh, and actually that's one of my points uh, later on. But that was uh, unchangeable worship times. Uh, it was is really the heart of this, uh, and uh, they won't they won't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't think about it. But there were times posted, and those were the times we kept to. And we had elders there, and those were the times the elders decided was when the congregation was going to meet. And so things like sickness or work weren't taken into account, uh, or really people didn't take it uh, worry about taking those into account. They knew the congregation was going to meet twice. And so if they didn't make it the first time, they could just make it, uh, make it to the second time. And so one of the funny things is that I was a, my father was a deacon in the congregation. And so I helped him. Uh, one of my, my tasks as a kid, and I loved it, was, was taking uh, membership. And I would, I would keep track of who, who, was, who was there when. And so I was very familiar with a cer- uh, certain groups of people wouldn't come uh, Sunday nights. Uh, and it was not always the same people, but often would be similar people. And so it's just like, it wasn't something that was talked about that much or brought up uh, as it should be in a congregation. They know this is, you're supposed to be brethren. You, you can't separate. You, you got to be together. You got to tarry one for another, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three, uh, And so uh, stuff like that was what I grew up in. Uh, thinking that we had everything scriptural, uh, speak where the Bible speaks. But then when I had to take a step back and look at it, uh, that that wasn't the case. Quite quick question. Sure. So if there was a Sunday morning and a Sunday night, now some of this has changed since COVID. I've, no, <laughs> I've noticed that churches that were adamant about meeting Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday night, yep. all of a sudden, now they meet once on Sunday. Not, not because they've considered the scriptures. I think it's because I can't get people back. But what has what, what was it like? So if you had a Sunday morning crowd a Sunday night crowd. How many people dropped off on Wednesday? Night? Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. We absolutely had a Bible study on Wednesday night, but it wasn't just a few individuals coming together. This was the congregation met for Bible study on Wednesday night. But yeah, no, it was, it, it would be Sunday morning would be the biggest group. Sunday night would be less so. And then Wednesday would be a, a, a small, a much smaller subset. And uh, I know that things would come up, uh, baseball games, uh, school, one reason or another. And it was always kind of, uh, within my family, it was frowned upon. No, you, you still need to go, but that wasn't everybody uh, within the congregation. And it wasn't something that the elders would enforce that, hey, no, the, the congregation is meeting or we need to, better better yet, we need to find a time to that works for the congregation so that we can all focus on, on God. And so uh, things like that that wouldn't come up to me originally we, uh, as a scriptural error. This wasn't Something like uh, you see with the uh, different denominations. Uh, this was small things, but they aren't small. Uh, but to me at the time, they seemed small. And uh, so it was growing up in things like that. And then uh, one of the other big ones was uh, paying attention, really placing God first. Because uh, that's really what is at the heart of a lot of this, is putting God first. Uh, and so for me, my uh, kind of finding out what I wanted to do in like my job. Uh, for me, I joined the army. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't it was something that people really said, hey, are you sure about that? Have you thought scripturally about that? It was it was praised. It was like, oh, you know, you're going to go do a great thing. And when I uh, when 
we would talk about congregations, there was never a worry. It was always, oh, there, there's a congregation. You'll find a congregation. Don't worry about it. And so uh, things like uh, different websites uh, that have uh, conservative churches of Christ, because uh, those are out there. And it was like, yeah, yeah, just uh, one of those. Oh, see, right here, there's, there's congregations in that area. Uh, and so that kind of mentality, too, was uh, I was definitely in that mentality of like, yeah, no, it, it, we'll, we'll be fine. This is what I want to do rather than is this scripturally something that I can find authority that I should be uh, pursuing as a career in life. So back in July, I did a podcast on church directories. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience when you you left California, right? Yes. What was your experience as you traveled trusting the church directory? Yeah, no, I uh, immediately, uh, the, the very first time uh, was in Vermont because that's where I went to school. Uh, and uh, I, I even... In my thinking, I was I knew I was wrong at that time because my focus was college. My focus was not. And this was military. College, this was right? yeah, it was a military academy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, my my focus was on doing well in college, and so I did break away from the college during specific times to go to that congregation in Vermont. Uh, but it was uh, even I at the time knew it's like oh this is this is more liberal. This isn't as conservative as I was used to. They they they've got a they've got a um, a kitchen underneath the, the, in my thinking at the time, uh, in, in their church building, uh, things like that. And even at the time I was like, Oh no, this is, this isn't, Oh, oh but that wasn't my focus. My focus was on college and that goes kind of, goes kind of that mentality of, so how long did you assemble there? Oh, I, it was very rare. Uh, I went maybe a few weekends and then my mentality was, well, I'll, it's fine. I'll, I'll just assemble when I get back during breaks, uh, and over the summer. And so that's, that's what I did. Uh, so when, uh, the, the time I was at college, I would go maybe every once in a while when it came up or was convenient, uh, but it was not a uh, emphasis. So the congregation you left to go to Vermont, was there elders at that time? Uh, yes. And they didn't look after your soul? They didn't shepherd you? They didn't tell you, hey, the course you're taking, it's impossible to serve God faithfully? Oh, absolutely nothing? not. No. Absolutely not. No. Or are they just men's business meeting type elders? I, that's actually another point that I have is men's okay. business meetings because they we, there were men's business meetings, uh, but with elders, with elders, okay. uh, they they were actually were elders uh, in the congregation. But sitting down, especially with uh, the younger individuals, and and being that teacher, being the elder, and being that role model, really wasn't something that I experienced uh, from them, and it wasn't something I knew to experience or thought to like reading through because we we would read First uh, Timothy and Titus where it talks about the qualifications of an elder. Uh, usually in passing, never studied, at least I didn't. Uh, and that was not an expectation that I had uh, growing up in the congregation because it wasn't something that I we, I would focus on. It was more of finding those things that uh, like um, uh, how to how to uh, really debate, how, how to debate a Catholic, how to the things, oh, these are things, points Catholics will talk about, or these are things that uh, different Baptists, other people will talk about. And that was kind of what we would focus on or, or that's what I know that I, as a teenager, would found a lot of interesting. And that's what I would focus on. But there was never any self-examination? Like, is what we're doing right? N not that? No, um, not really. So when I, would, uh, when I would have discussions with others, it would cause me to take a step back. But I was never challenged to a point where it's like, no, no, no. I, we're still scripturally right uh, in, in those times. So. This is where tradition comes in? Just that because we've done it this way... It's, it's right, yes. It, it, which is funny because I would have those discussions with other uh, denominations, other individuals, and they would be, uh, I, I specifically remember uh, in high school discussions with Mormons because uh, they were very heavily uh, prevalent in my area. 
And it's like, how can't, why can't they see it? Why, why can't they see that they're just following other people while at the same time I was doing the same thing? Did they reverse that on you? They, they would with certain areas, but it was always, no, 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 I've got, I've got biblical authority for what I'm doing. Uh, and so that was kind of the mentality, uh, kind of, that was the mentality that I had at the time. And so, uh, it, and that, that came true. You, you mentioned other congregations because Vermont was the first one. And then we went to, uh, uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, a very similar, uh, encounter there. It wasn't that they were so liberal. It was just weird. It was a different environment, uh, where I'm pretty confident I knew the preacher that you're talking yes, about that. Uh, okay. But at the congregation, it was, it was a, a, a weird environment. It was the congregation was split in half. Everybody could feel tension. Uh, it was seemed like one family on one side, another family on the other side. But then my wife and I, we were part of the unaffiliated that sat at the back. So let there be no divisions among you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. First Corinthians one ten. throw that away. Huh? No. Yeah. And, and, but that was the same thing in my mind. It wasn't, we are a member of this congregation. We, I, I want, I'm invested in my brethren. I want to know what they're doing. Like we're, we're told in Hebrews that, uh, we're supposed to be helping each other daily, exhort one another daily. That wasn't my mentality. My mentality was again, army. Uh, it's like, no, I've got a career. This is, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm assembling, but that was really the extent of it. Is it fair to say it was like punch the time card? Uh, I, yes, absolutely. Now, if you asked me that at the time, I would have said, of course not. That's not the way I'm thinking. But taking a step back and assessing my mentality and really my actions, judging my fruit at the time, uh, that, that was the fruit that I was showing. Sure. One of the scriptural dangers, every way of man is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 21 and verse two, when you're caught up in something wrong and you're not just evaluating it through the scriptures, you think you're right. So you, anything you hear, you kind of process is that cognitive dissonance. You just process it as this is right because it's familiar. This is the way I've been taught. Right. Yeah. And, and there, I, there, it wasn't that I didn't know the scriptures. I, I knew more than enough to justify uh, my actions at the time to say no and kind of convince myself that no, I'm in the right. Uh, but like I said, my, my fruit, judging my actions, which was I didn't know my brethren. Uh, I, I wasn't invested in them. I, uh, if, if I'm fairly certain there were elders, I can't even remember uh, in Oklahoma if there were elders, uh, but they weren't invested in me. Uh, and so that whole situation shows that no, and that, that wasn't what was on my mind. My career in the army was on my mind. Uh, and so after that, it was Korea. Uh, and that was definitely because you, as in the army, you're only there for one, two years, uh, that it's a, it's a passing through area. And so I found a congregation, very nice people out there, uh, no elders, uh, and focused on, uh, I specifically actually, uh, traditions, um, how to spend the Lord's money, which was funny because as a kid, I was I was paid out of the treasury to mow the lawn at the the building. Uh, wait, my... wait, wait. Well, okay. So you were a needy saint, and the church found a way to help you. No, no, absolutely not. Oh no, no. We uh, we there was a lawn. The congregation had a building and a lawn, and that lawn needed upkeep. And because so... it's a work of the church to mow, right? Absolutely. That's yeah, in Third Jude chapter eleven, verse five. No, absolutely. <laughs> in, uh, it wasn't that there wasn't a preacher. Uh, there were elders at the congregation that money could have been scripturally used for. Uh, but no, instead it was they have a lawn that needs to be kept up because you have a building that was a very, ex- I say extravagant now. It was it was what you think of when you think of denominational churches, church buildings. That's what a very nice looking building, a manicured lawn. How dare you compare churches of Christ to denominations? Yeah, yeah that's right. And and, <laughs> and and when I was there at the time, I would have 
adamantly has said, no, we are not a denomination. We follow the scriptures. Right. Uh, you're, we're, if you're listening to us, we've got some sarcasm going on here. <laughs> just, just a slight bit sarcasm. You know, Paul, one of the things that hit me when I, when I started preaching is studying on my own because I didn't want to just parrot everything I ever heard. Study on my own, and I was studying through First Timothy. I wasn't teaching through First Timothy, but I was studying through First Timothy because I'm an evangelist. I need to look at First, Second Timothy, and Titus, and this, this, this is the law for me of what I'm supposed. And I came across First Timothy five three through sixteen. I, I can tell you, at that point in time, I'd been a Christian for almost ten years, and I had been teaching for years yeah. classes. I never read. 1 Timothy 5, 3 through 16, about widows indeed. And I'd never heard it preached on. I had been to many congregations, so-called, to gospel meetings, lectureships. I've read books. Never, never heard. And I was looking at all the things that the church did with the collection that was taken on the first day of the week. And I'm sitting here saying, in 1 Timothy 5, 3 through 16, for a widow to be helped regularly from the congregation, she has to be over 60 years old and meet these qualifications? How in the world are we justifying lawn care when we have to look at a sister in Christ that may be a widow who's 40 years old, 55 years old, and tell her, no, sorry, sister, we can't help you. The Bible tells us that that's first on your family. Of course, individual Christians may help you, but the church is not to be charged and it may help those that are widows indeed. Hey, but let's go buy a new mower, weed eater. Let's play pay Jones lawn care or whatever the case may. Or let's let's hire a kid out of the, out of the congregation to mow. Yeah. It's mind boggling, isn't it? Yeah. No, it, it, it is now looking at that. And as a kid, I had read those verses uh, because uh, I I remember having the discussion of widows, uh, but. I, I guess I just never connected the dots of, wait, we can't pay the widows, but I'm getting paid. Uh, because I enjoyed getting paid as a kid. It was great. It was a source of income, especially as a, as a young kid and then teenager. It, it was great. But yeah, sitting back and where, uh, where I would criticize others, things like uh, people of the Mormon faith, uh, for their reliance on tradition, whereas I was sitting in the same boat. Uh, just doing it because that's what my family had done. Cause it wasn't, I'm the youngest of four. So it wasn't just me. Like my, my older siblings had also been part of this is, this wasn't a new thing. Uh, but it was, it was something that I, I benefited from. And so did I, did I question what I benefited from? No. And so that, uh, and, and, and you could see that that uh, followed through with, with my, my job as well. Um, sorry, I, I, I lost where I uh, came into that one from. Uh, you were talking about the uh, traditions in Korea and, oh yeah. and talking about Thank the you. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was the usage of the money. And even at the time, it was, we're going to put up uh, banners. We're going to put advertisements in the city to try and let people know that we're here because that's what we're supposed to do as a congregation. That's what they, they uh, was we were talking about at the time. And it was, in, in my thinking, it was, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. What, what else are we going to spend the money on was usually the, the, the line. Uh, rather than taking back and thinking, well, is there a there is there a need for the congregation to to take a collection to to fulfill one of the Lord's commandments with the Lord's money? That wasn't a thought process. It was we have the money. What should we spend it on? Uh, and so uh, I just know because that that tied so much now. It ties so much in with how I was raised uh, with the 
kind of the, the traditions of my family of, of not spending the Lord's money according to the scriptures. Because one of the traditions is, let's just take a collection every first day of the week. Yes. Whereas in the scriptures, it's there's a need. First Corinthians 16, one through four, right? And there's a need. And, and with, with those funds, you know, you can, you can help needy saints uh, like First Corinthians 16, one through four, which was then later called upon to be fulfilled in Second Corinthians chapters eight, verse one through nine, 13. Or we can support faithful evangelists, First Corinthians nine, one through 14, or like the church in Philippi, Philippians four, 11 through 18, or widows indeed, First Timothy 5, 3, 16, or elders, First Timothy 5, 17 uh, through 19. Uh, so these things are authorized in the scriptures, but what traditionally happens is they take up a collection and build up money. Yep. And then, then the unscriptural things come in because we have money. Why not? What do we do with it? It's like, wait a minute. Did you have a need to take a collection? No, we just took up a collection. Stop right there was the problem. In the, in the New Testament, it wasn't just take up a collection. It was, there's a need, now take up a collection. And then it's not build up funds. Yeah. It's use them on that need, whatever that need is, yeah. or those needs are that are scripturally authorized. And I just named them all. It's not that complicated. No, there are there, are, and that, that was one of the things when we came here that it was like, what what are you what scripturally can you prove? Uh, because prove all things. Second uh, Thessalonians five twenty one. You. First Thessalonians five twenty one. Oh, my notes. Sorry. First Thessalonians five twenty one. Prove all things, uh, which is the theme that God uses throughout the scriptures that we're supposed to be focusing on, uh, and so. Um, yeah, so when I, because uh, we came from Korea to El Paso, and 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 when we were doing uh, what I thought at the time, due diligence, we were looking at what congregations are there in El Paso. Once we found out we were coming here, and uh, I, I found a few, and then my wife actually found your website. She said, well, there, there's this one. Thanks, Christine. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember reading through it and uh, reading the title, Only Faithful Congregation in El Paso, and thinking, no. No, that's that's way too arrogant. There's uh, there's at least four other congregations. It's like oh, we'll visit a few of them and, and see what we think when we got there, uh, and that's what we did. Uh, and I, I remember our first conversation uh, shortly after uh, the first Sunday we were here, uh, and I, I mentioned that we we're going to go around, and you just kind of chuckled, uh, and it was like, okay, all right, uh, well, and and we did, and the the next sunday it was like no no we 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 need to be back here uh was the decision we didn't actually because i remember we we stayed we went to a different one uh congregation on that sunday uh and so then shortly after that it was no no he was right these congregations are all in error and that was my thinking at the time uh and so even with the thinking at the time it was no we need to come back and it was only then that really i started asking more questions and then uh shortly after that you and i started studying together uh, and that was when you were saying, okay, no, sit down, stop, prove. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Uh, and actually being challenged to scripturally, and it wasn't do this because we're doing it. It was do this because you can find scriptural authority for it. And uh, at that point, it was a very long period of time of studying. And my wife, I, I remembered studying with my wife through this. Uh, and uh, so she gets the credit for coming here, but then... Uh, she, it, it was a struggle uh, sure. because it was a lot of what we weren't familiar with. Uh, and it was a challenge to things that we, uh, so especially I mentioned prayer at the beginning, prayer was the, one of the biggest ones because it was prayer, uh, essentially 
casting your cares on God that uh, that you have authority for, it was uh, that was not it. It was putting everything on God, and it was asking God to to fix things and do things. And I, I we can go into these too, uh, but uh, because that's kind of the source of a lot of the angst that then led to what I, I we later tried to study through my family with, and prayer and how the Holy Spirit works is really one of the big things that we encountered. So quick question. When when you were in the congregations that you were in in the past, did they teach that miracles had ceased? <laughs> did they teach that miracles ceased? <sighs> yes, because you knew that the snake, the, the, the people in the deep south who get bit by snakes, that was funny. And I remember that <laughs> growing up as a kid, like even that, that was funny. It's like, oh yeah, no, we don't do that. Uh, speaking, but can I remember why we thought that, but we would still pray for healing because healing was regularly play, prayed for. Uh, and why we couldn't reason through the two of them? No, I can't remember that discussion ever happening. Uh, and so speaking in tongues, I knew that that was not something that uh, was uh, even, uh, again, something that was laughed at. Yeah, I mean, the Bible says in Mark 16, 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Exactly. And so Paul was bitten by a serpent, Acts 28, 1 through, what, 7 or somewhere in that nature, and he shook it off in the fire, and uh, no harm came on him, uh, Acts 28, uh, 1 through 10, yeah, uh, specifically in verse 4, when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand. They said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast under the fire and felt no harm. Yes. And and so that was a joke. Even though that it's got scriptural authority for it. You, you find it in the... You can find uh, examples and uh, scriptures where it tells it that's, that's a thing. Uh, but even at the time as a child, I knew that that was funny. And speaking in tongues was funny. But... Never did I question why we could pray regularly for people on a list uh, who were sick. How many cancer people died? Uh, so as, a, as yes, there were, uh, I, I specifically remember some older women at the congregation that we were great friends of the family and they were older uh, and, and had illnesses. And yes, they died. Even though people might be on those prayer lists and would be prayed for regularly, that it didn't stop them then. And so I do remember God works in mysterious ways. That was always the excuse. That, that was usually the fallback too. Uh, and so I've got verses here like Ephesians 3, 1 to 5, where, where it says, uh, where, where Paul is saying, should I, should I read that one? Or, sure, go ahead. If you uh, read it uh, yeah, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So, so it's not a mystery anymore. Uh, it, Paul is telling us what, <laughs> how God works, uh, whereas it was a mystery previously. And so people would focus on, oh, God works in mysterious ways as kind of the, the catch-all excuse for why the, the preacher at the time or the person that was trying to explain it didn't know the answer. And so uh, I, I, one of the, the discussions that would come up a lot with family afterwards, because so after we, we had to do that and go through it and find scriptural authority for everything, it was then, well, let's talk with our families about it. Because of course, if, if we never put the dots together, then they didn't either. 
And so we just need to call them and talk to about talk to them about this or or go visit them and talk to them about this. Uh, and in finding people who would then get stuck on things like uh, James 5, 13 through 18, where it's praying for healing, because that was usually one of the ones uh, uh, where it says, is any among you sick? Uh, is any among you afflicted? Uh, let him pray. If any is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Just, just real quick, and then you come back to reading that. Yeah. Have you ever, in all the churches of Christ you've been in, seen an elder go anoint somebody with oil? Never. Okay, Never. go ahead. No, and, and, that, and later on, when, when after uh, studying through this with you and, and being shown, it's like, wait, wait, just pause. Look at that verse carefully. What is happening? They're not just praying. There is an action that's taken. And that action is tied uh, back to Mark where this was tied with uh, the miraculous. Yeah, Mark 6, 13. They cast out many devils, anointed with oil many that were sick, and healed them. And, and even then, in the context going on, it's uh, even the context shows that it's miraculous uh, in uh, 15 and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, uh, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's usually where they stop uh, in my encounters with them. They stop there because of course the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But then in the context, Elias uh, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And so tying it to Elijah there and is clearly miraculous. It's clearly showing that, no, this is in the context of miraculous gifts. Not only does it reference back to Mark, but it is in the context of miraculous. And trying to, the first time I thought through that with you, and it was like, oh, wow, no. Of course I didn't immediately say well okay yeah that's the way it is no of course because i, I grew up with it it's like yeah oh, i remember hold on <laughs> oh, hold on what about what about what about and so I, I can't get too hard on my family for doing the same thing well what about what about this is foreign this is different we we have the scriptural authority for what we do and being challenged with that is is difficult uh and so uh, uh i i remember uh hearing you talk about the uh the prayer lists and that was so that tied in with what I knew as a child because uh, it, at our congregation, we didn't have little pamphlets, but I, we had gone, uh, I think my wife's uh, congregation, they would have uh, paper that they would give, uh, that you would pick up as you came in. Uh, I don't know if it was called a directory, but something, uh, an individual church thing, it would have Bulletin. a lesson. Bullet, thank you. Bulletin. Mm -hmm. uh, and the individuals who were sick. And, and so I remember uh, in uh, one of your sermons, you tied it to uh, Elijah in 1 Kings 18. And that just struck home with me where people are praying over and over again for God to, for their God to hear them. And, and Elijah's response in first Kings 18, 26 to 27, just like, maybe you need to pray louder. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's like, Oh man, that's exactly what it is. Cause it's the same people on the list every time. And they just, they just keep doing it over and over again, expecting a different result. And it doesn't change. Uh, and so having that, just trying to show people that uh, where it was now so clear to me, because of the scriptures, but they would go back to, but it says we should pray for the sick and not being able to connect in their minds, the difference between a miraculous gift and something that they see in the new Testament they're supposed to pray for. Yeah. One of the disconnects is it doesn't say we should pray for the sick. It says they, those to whom the book of James was written 
those who were scattered, the Acts 8 through Acts 11 people, the early Jews that were scattered during the age of miracles, probably the biggest disconnect that people have all over the religious world is they read the scriptures as though they were written for today and they're not. They were even even though you're reading this is a letter to the church in Corinth, it's like there's some kind of disconnect. And it's like, no, you're supposed to take what was written to them, ask, does it apply today? And how do I accurately apply? Do you have to handle the word of God right, 2 Timothy 2.15, or rightly divide it? A lot of people have that disconnect. Yeah, I, and I know and it, it's a struggle because I know I had that disconnect. Uh, and so wanting my family to, to see that, friends and family too, and it would be, no, let's get together. Like, please, let, let's, let's study through this. No, I, I know you want to watch, you want to, you want to watch football together, uh, have, uh, have, um, celebrations or, uh, uh, d- uh different, um, I'm trying to say it without saying it, Christmas, uh, uh-huh. uh cause we, in my family, it wasn't a religious holiday. It was a time to get together and spend it. So sure. it was like, so it was, yeah, come back for Christmas this year. It's like, well, okay, but I, I want to study with you. And so I, my wife and I, we would, we would go beyond what we should have to, to, to get with family, to try and get them to reason. But that wasn't what people want to do uh, during the holidays. They want to spend time with family, but they don't want to focus on anything important. They want to focus on time with family rather than, no, no let's, let's study the script. You need to see this because I saw it, uh, but it, it wasn't easy, but I, I want to walk you through this and trying to, to reason through the scriptures with them and, and just hitting that block of, ah, not now. Why, why, do you, why do you want to ruin a good time with this? Uh, and so that was something that was a struggle. Uh, I know, especially for my wife and I in, in dealing with family of how, how do you interact with them when it's something that is so clear now, uh, but uh, they just can't cross that gap. Uh, and a lot of it is miraculous. Uh, so the, the context, who it's written to, and the difference between the miraculous age when there it was a time of miracles versus what First, First Corinthians thirteen said that that time is going to stop very clearly, and there's going to be three things that are going to remain: faith, hope, and charity, or love. It's like those three will remain, but all these other things—the prayer—they will cease. And he even says it in First Corinthians thirteen. So it's it's a great passage, and I would take my family to it, but it it, it wasn't convincing. Uh, and and so there, uh, I know you've you've. Uh, had sermons and uh, podcasts in the past of it's it's not that you need to find another verse to convince them, uh, but that was definitely my mentality of what just one more verse. There, there's there's got to be one more verse that will convince them as I was convinced uh, and shown uh, that no this verse doesn't apply or this verse does, but it, it's hard. And so dealing with family that's that's one of the things that uh, is incredibly it's frustrating but it's also sad. Uh, and it gets to that verse in Revelation where it's it's bittersweet. Uh, Revelation ten nine because it, it was it was so sweet to see it. It's like oh now all the things I I never really understood as a kid why we would do it and it wouldn't work or why this way and not that way uh, because one of the the criticisms from other members of my family my wife's family that that weren't Christians and even at the time that was weird was you're you're all a bunch of hypocrites and and looking at it now it's like oh man they they were right because we weren't we weren't honest in our Bible study. Uh, and so then that, that bitterness comes in because it's the sweetness. It's like, Oh, it all click the, all of the pieces click in. Now this makes, this finally makes sense. But then when you try to share it, it it's bitter uh, because it's so sad that it's interacting with them. It's just, you, you don't get it. What, because what? it's liberating to finally be able to give an answer directly from the Bible 
that is logical and consistent and holds up to all scrutiny. So you have that on one hand. But then when you expect that other people are going to want that. And then when you look back and you say, we thought we were right. Look at all those wasted years. I know I do that. Yeah. Look at all my wasted years. Yeah. And and what's frustrating is I, I got to the point where it was, hey, let, let's talk about healing. Uh, start in James because I know that you're going to bring that up. And then we can talk about uh, the miraculous in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Talk about Elijah. Talk about uh, to very clearly show this difference. And then it's like, okay, I, I've done the formula, right? I, I followed through all the steps and now. And it wouldn't, it, it, like we were saying, it wouldn't. And so then it was, it, it, would, it got to the point where it's like, okay, so what is your justification? Why is there still, how does God work in the world now? Show me from the scriptures what your point is. And that's where the, I think I feel would start coming in. Uh, and so uh, the Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, I, I we could see that uh, in, in discussions with people of just like, well, I think I feel it's like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, I, you're, you're my family. I love you, but I, I don't want to know what you think. I want to know what you can prove. Uh, and, and that shift, uh, in, in studying and understanding for me was again, liberating because it was, uh, cause I, I, I like being able to prove things. I like being able to show, no, 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 this scripture is why we do these things, but then trying to get my family and friends and other people just prove it. Just, Okay. I'm I'm now not gonna I've, I've I've shown you the verses that very clearly show context, uh, consistency, uh, commands. You show me then what is your proof? And it was I think I feel, uh, and realizing that and realizing that wait you're not you're not using scriptures anymore, uh, was was tough. And uh, so, uh, kind of the. The, the resolution that I, I came up to with with them was was seeking uh, and and because it, it, it's hard and it, one of the points uh, I've, I've heard recently but as as Christians we should be used to change uh, because we had to repent to come to Christ and so it shouldn't be too hard uh, as Christians to know that hey we we need to we need to really assess what we're doing because if you were if you became a Christian you had to know that what you're doing at one point wasn't right and you had to make a change and so we of all people should be more ready to assess our fruits and and use scripture to prove what we're doing. And if that's not right, we should be ready to change because we did that already. Uh, and so taking that with my family, it's like, hey, change is hard, but why, why if you've got scriptural proof before, you can't you see it? And and it kind of goes to, to courage uh, that it's like, yeah, you mentioned Matthew 10, that you're going to suffer persecution in your own household, but to, to quit you like men or quit you like men. Uh, in First uh, Corinthians sixteen thirteen, it's like no, you can't just because your family, you, uh, and and that is one of the things is you you're gonna separate from family uh, if 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 that's the case, or uh, or you can't place your job first because uh, that's one of the things I had to encounter. That I, as much as I enjoyed working in the army and it was a great career, it, they paid a lot of money. It, it was a, it was a it was a great thing. Coming to the realization that it's like oh no, it's not just the traditions I had as a family that are wrong, but it's also my, my aims in life. Like my goal in life is not wrong or not right. And so that is, I have to make a change. Uh, I don't have another option before me. And so if I'm asking my family to make a change in, in how they're worshiping, well, that also comes with, well, what, what would they do? 
if they changed? Is there a congregation near there? Uh, and so it's not just change for little things. It's you, you have to change your life. Uh, and that should be what we do as Christians. It, it should be a life change. It shouldn't just be a little bit, okay, I got a little wet and now I'm, now I'm a Christian. No, your, your life should change. And so realizing that as well and really realizing, no, my, my career goals weren't right. I was in the army. I remember having a discussion with you when we got here in 2015. It was like, you can't, you can't be in the army and, and be a Christian. It's like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. I was, I was praised as a kid when I joined the army. Uh, it's like, well, can you follow what the scriptures gave you? Can you be a member of a faithful congregation? Uh, what does it mean to be a member? And, and breaking down all of these steps and realizing that change is hard uh, and it's going to take courage to make a change like that because now it's, uh, I thought joining the army was a leap into the unknown of like, well, yeah, but the army was always there to carry me. Uh, and and that's not entirely true because there's a congregation and that's one of the, the great things about being here is there is a congregation here to catch you. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't have to, but that idea that they're brethren, uh, faithful brethren who actually care and are invested in you uh, versus some of the people who didn't, it's like, yeah, sure, that's a great idea. Go ahead, go do that. Uh, is is different. And so that, that courage, but also understanding that brethren real brethren are, are here for that kind of been rambling. I don't know if that's the, the, a good direction for family. It's whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> my brother. Yeah, no. And uh, so, um, uh, one of the other things too, that I, I, I was thinking about in, in relation to family and tradition is, is conviction. Uh, I, I think a lot about Paul, uh, because he had a lot of conviction and I know that, uh, members of my family have a lot of conviction. And that they are do, that they are right, and conviction is great, but just like Paul, he he was he was very emphatically wrong uh, when he was persecuting the Christians, uh, and and had to had to change, and uh, just like uh, we have to change as Christians, uh, I think uh, Galatians uh, one fourteen, uh, where it states. Um, uh, and uh, talk, uh, Paul talking and, and profited in the Jews' religion above many, uh, many my equals in my own nation and being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Uh, and then in Acts 26, 9 to 11, uh, it says, I, uh, I verily thought of my, uh, with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, uh, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, and I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. So as Paul was emphatically wrong in what he was doing. And so it's, it's not just enough to have courage uh, or conviction, but you have to base it on something. And That's zealously affected and a good thing, Galatians 4.18, where Paul says to be zealously affected always in a good thing, not only when I'm present with you. Zeal great if it's towards good yeah yeah and so the the, the really the, the last thing for that was it's it it's a hard issue uh and i i know you've talked about a hard issue before and i was always i it, it didn't really affect me as much until i think encountering it and realizing that you know they they just can't they're not seeking and because uh, uh, uh we've talked about the uh, the soil, a good and honest heart, that it takes a good and honest heart uh, to to receive the word, to, to seek the word and to, to find. But if you don't have that, they're, they're just not there. They, they don't have, and, and so talking with my family, it's like, do, 
do you have a desire to, to follow the scriptures? Uh, and they were like, we are, we are, we've, we've got these verses. And so it, it just ended up going back and forth and it, it wouldn't go anywhere. And so then it's just like, wow, what's, what else is there to do? Uh, and so that's going back to those verses that it's like, there, there isn't a formula. There isn't just one more verse that it's, uh, that there, it, it is a hard issue and that there is a standard. Uh, the scriptures are the standard, uh, which is a great thing. It's a, it's a, it's, for me, it was a liberating thing to be able to prove all things uh, and hold fast to that, which is good. Uh, but that does mean that you might be wrong, uh, because there is a standard and that means that the standard judges you, uh, but, <laughs> and you might be found wanting. Uh, and so if that's the case, what do you do? Uh, but you mentioned the, the logical simplicity of the scriptures, uh, simplicity that's in Christ, second Corinthians eleven three. that it's like, it's logical. There is a standard, but it's, 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 a, there, there is a standard, but it's a logical standard. It's not something you don't have to, uh, stand on your hands and drink Mountain Dew at the same time. Like they're, they're, it's a logical standard. Uh, and so it, I, I think that was the biggest takeaway that I had in, in interacting with my family was find the standard, make sure that you're, you have the standard. You, you talked about consistency and context and command. Do you have all of that stuff? Uh, examples. Do you, do you have those in the scriptures that you can find for what you do and then follow it? And, and that was difficult. It was difficult for me. Uh, and then in those studies with my family and friends, uh, and, and really never finding somebody who, who would be that good and honest heart to, to seek and find that was struggle and, and, and that bittersweet where it's like, Oh man, that's hurts. I remember sitting down with one of our other members here, his mother, uh, and, she, uh, I think, I think it was somebody in the family uh, had given her a list of scriptures. It was on prayer of all things. I don't know why that's always seems to be what people want to talk about. It's like there's a lot, there's like so many things to talk about. That seems to be the focal point. Like they're most shocked yep. when, when you tell them, you know, if you're praying for that lady to be healed, she's not going to be because miracles have ceased. <gasps> You know, that's so shocking. Yep. So, so she has this list and we started in Matthew and we just went through the New Testament. And no kidding, the Bible study was like, yeah, um, I'll just say, her, her, I'll, I'll, I'll omit her name. But I would say, and ma'am, but I would call her by name. Could you just read three more verses? <laughs> Could you just read five more verses? Context. You know, well, see, the church prayed for Peter in Acts 12. Right, just read the context. Just keep reading yep. Acts 12. Yo, what happened? Peter gets let out of prison by who? An angel. So is that happening today? No. On to the next one. And, and you know what? No kidding. Like 30 of them. Yeah. And it just kept happening yeah. over and never once did she say, you're right. This is dumb. Why do I believe this? She still to this day yeah. holds on to that. And, and it's very negatively affected. It was like I became the enemy. Even I wasn't doing anything other no kidding. The Bible study literally literally just went just like I just said. Can you just keep reading the next few? Can you just read the rest of the chapter? Like like you said in James 5. Of course, she stops. Perfect prayer. Verse 15. And I'm like, can you just read down to verse 18? Oh. <laughs> and it's like, why? Why aren't you seeing this? Yeah. And it really affected their family. And then it became Brian's controlling your mind. 
Like, oh yeah, no, and uh, funny enough that uh, that was studying with family after that cult following a man. That was a, that was absolutely one of the 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 topics that would be they can't defend their position, and so then it's attacking the messenger, the message. It's like oh you're just you're just part of a cult. You're just following him. It's like no, I didn't bring up his name at all throughout this this time. You didn't say Brian says. Yeah, I did not say Brian says. I said this verse says. Show me where your authority is. Uh, and well, you're only doing that because you were there with him. It's like no, somebody. I'm I I'm thankful that somebody sat down and made me question where my authority was. It wasn't that hey, these this is the dogma. Here is the doctrine. Study it, memorize it, uh, and then go spread it. Uh, the, the, there isn't a cult uh, register or anything like that. No, it's the scriptures. Uh, and what is very frustrating? Oh, you're just following that man. It's like well, we are supposed to follow a man. Uh, it's supposed to be Christ. Uh, we can we can follow uh, in First Corinthians eleven one be followers of me. That's Paul, uh, even as I also am of Christ. So we're we're supposed to follow Christ. Uh, he is supposed to be the man that we follow. Uh, and it's like, but you have to have authority for it. You can't just follow because you want to. I think I feel the, the putting the thumb on the scale or something like that. Any other reasonings that people come up with for why they have authority for what they're doing? It's like, no, I find it in the scriptures. But the attacks. That's not new. Think about it. You know, right before we, we started recording, uh, we, we, I was just throwing some stuff out there to you, right? Mm. Just right away, when uh, Abel's sacrifice is righteous and Cain's is not, immediately Cain becomes dogmatic and his brother is his enemy. Yeah. It, it's not hey, you know, I need to change the way I'm doing things. Uh, Joseph's brothers in Genesis 37, you know, Joseph gets his coat of many colors. His father loves him. Joseph prophesies and they want to kill him. It's, it's, it's not even, it's not even, you know what? You're making us upset. Please stop this. It's like enemy sea red. Enough to kill. Yeah. And Thankfully, we live in a culture where that's, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's not possible. But but the Bible says both Old and New Testament. I had read earlier Matthew ten thirty four through thirty nine. But the Old Testament even said, Micah seven five through six. Trust you not in a friend. Put you not confidence in a God. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father. The daughter rise against her mother. The daughter in law against her mother. A man's enemies are they of his own house. So that's what Jesus was partially quoting from Matthew ten thirty four through thirty nine. Your enemies are your own household, your own family. How hard is that? You no, know, that's 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 exactly like trying to because that's your family, uh, and uh, I I know that that's uh, definitely a worldly principle of uh, blood runs thicker than water. That you you are you're with family. When you're with family, you're in the family type of thing, and it's a worldly idea. And and people, uh, I know that's how I grew up. That I mean, there there was something about family, uh, even. Uh, yeah, there's something about family. Uh, and so you want to be close with family. I mean, that's who you grew up with. You shared all those experiences with. And uh, when you get older, that's it's it's a great thing to be able to have a, uh, a family. And so you realize that through the scriptures, it's not going to always be your worldly family. Uh, but luckily, there are people who are scripturally following the Bible. And they are family too. Uh, and they are family, eternal family. Versus just family on earth. And yeah, who was Jesus' brothers? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
those who uh, those who follow my commandments. Or the, 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 uh, sorry, I'm. <laughs> Whosoever do the will of God, saint my brother, sister, and mother. Mark three thirty one through thirty five. Yeah, I was thinking of those who follow the commandments and keep. But that was not the that was not the right context. Different verse. Yeah. John fourteen fifteen and following. Yeah. Combining that wording, but Mark three thirty one thirty five when they said, "Hey, without stand your your mother and brethren." And Jesus' point is, my my family is those that do the will of my Father. How hard is that, though, genuinely, to get your mind around? Because your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters in the flesh, you spent all these years thinking that they were also your spiritual family. Yeah. How hard is that to transition where now, now wait, there's a line that's been drawn? Yeah, no, I, I, I remember as a kid... Uh, being thankful, uh, I remember saying a prayer, saying, thank, th- being thankful that I had a family who was correct, and and now realizing that you know following the scriptures that we not only are they in error, I was in error too uh, in that whole situation because we weren't putting our focus on God, we weren't focusing on the scriptures and finding that, uh, and so then it's like it, it it hits and it hurts to to realize, especially after studying with them, that it's like no, they're not gonna. Uh, this this is a line too far uh, for them to 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 get the context and understand. It's like no, that's that's it's not talking about you in this passage. It's talking about a different age, a different time. Uh, the passage you have to find the passages. You have to rightly divide the passages that apply. Uh, and that that concept, that idea, is just too hard. Because when people read verses in the Bible that give these warnings, like Jesus was talking to his apostles in Luke twenty one sixteen. And he says, you shall be betrayed both by parents, brethren, kinsfolks, and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And I said that to the apostles. But, but people read that and they think it's almost like a fairy tale. Like, well, that's not literal. But the, there's genuine hate sometimes because you told them they're wrong. Yeah. And you it's, challenged them. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Are you saying your grandmother and grandfather are wrong? Are you saying that they're going to be in hell? I love it when that comes oh, up. And I don't mean I love it genuinely. Yeah. Uh, huge sarcasm. It's like, this is the throw. It's like, let's talk about the Bible. And instead of talking about the Bible, are you saying my father's in hell? And it's like, no, nobody's in hell right now. And, you know, I, I, try, <laughs> I, try to, I try to just... Let's focus on the scriptures. Let's, let's look at the scriptures, you know. Uh, but then it's like, no, you're saying... And it's like, just stop. I can't do anything about somebody that's not in this world anymore. Yeah. They can't pass. Like, go read Luke 16, 19 through 31. They're either in paradise or torment, and that's that's an irreversible situation once they're there. They're going to the judgment. Their their fate is sealed. But I'm talking to you. Yeah. No, no. And it's like that that is now with a block. You they, not, you will not get over that. Can't. And it's it's I mean, I've I've been there, I want to say thousands of times, not even tens or hundreds and it's so frustrating because i can just see the wall and i'm like here's a lost soul sitting across from me and i've got the treasure here that you're not even gonna look at yeah you don't want eternal life because of what that means about your family yeah you and it's that idea of it's not just you now it's you it would impact you the way you see yourself for the the your whole past it, it would affect your whole past and how you saw yourself. I, I, I want to share something with you. The first time I knew your mother would not hear the truth 
was in a Bible class when she wanted to be sure everybody knew her dad was a preacher. Yeah. And, and, and that was a, that was a point of pride as a kid. It's like, no, yeah, we, we like, he's not just a preacher. He's everybody was like, yeah, he's such a great preacher. He's like, your, 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 your grandfather is such a great preacher. And it's like, as a kid, that was a point of pride. Uh, and studying, going and studying with him afterwards was okay. No, if I need to study with somebody, it's going to be him. Uh, and that was 20, 2015, I think that was the Christmas of 2015, uh, 2015, 2015, 2016 was okay. No, I need to, I need to go study with my grandfather. He's a preacher. Uh, like if anybody. And when you told me that, did I tell you, no, don't do that. I, I, I remember you telling me it's not a good idea, uh, to like you're, <laughs> cause it, it wasn't just the study. It was, we were going to go there, uh, over Christmas and you, yeah. And, uh, that's because we, in, uh, again, Erringly was we're going to go to worship there. I discourage you from worshiping. That's right. But yeah. did I tell you, don't talk to him? No, no, no. It was the, uh, thinking about it now. It was the worshiping because mm-hmm. that was wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing that. Yeah, and and you know why? You know, I, I think people be surprised. Like all of all of us here in El Paso, none of us are afraid for anybody to talk to anybody. Yeah, because whatever you present is going to be easily answered by the scriptures. So it's not, there's no fear. Whereas in other cases, it's like, no, don't talk to them. Yeah. No, don't listen to that. No, don't. And it's, 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 what are you afraid of? You know, are you afraid of challenges? Challenges aren't bad. What what are you afraid of? Uh, Those traditional mindsets are, you know, you ought to listen to me because like, like I said, I knew when she said, my dad's a preacher and I'm like, it had no relevance. She was making a point in a Bible class visiting with us years ago. It might've been 2016. I, I don't remember, you know how I am with time, but, yeah. uh, but I just, I just remember it just went through my mind. I thought, oh, Paul, this is going to hurt so bad when you come to realize this, <laughs> but she is stuck in tradition because her dad said so. And that's all that's ever going to matter. And it's terrible, you know, knowing that somebody has that roadblock. It's terrible. It's like, like the people in John 12, 36 through 43, where they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. They saw the miracles of Jesus, but they didn't want to be cast out of the synagogue. Yeah. I just studied with my daughters, the Exodus. It's like, you, you see the miracles in front of you, uh, the, the children of Israel at the time. They see the miracles, miracles in front of you, but then you, you go the other way. It's like you, you can clearly see for, uh, it's very different, uh, but you can very clearly see the, through the scriptures, uh, through the context and the examples that we have. It's like, no, this is very clearly different. There's a miraculous age. There's not a miraculous age and you can't get it. And so the, in, uh, in, in, in case like that, they'd rather hear somebody who's going to tell them what they want. Uh, and so a lot of the times I would, uh, have studies with somebody, they're like, oh, we're going to go talk to this preacher and, and get his impact. Uh, and it, it just reminds me of that second Timothy four, three, where it's, they've, I don't know if that context really fits here. The itching ears, like they're finding somebody who's going to itch their ears, who's going to give them, it's like, no, I, I reassure me on my position so that I can then turn and go back and have that conversation with him. And, and so we encountered that a lot. Uh, my, uh, I say we, cause my, my wife and I would, we would study with people, uh, that it's, it, it sounds like people who are, uh, he, trying to find 
the the answers on their side and come back rather than what does the what does the Bible say? I don't, I don't really care what that preacher has to say. Uh, Any preacher, yeah, and, and it would be the same way. They're like, well, Brian, Brian. It's like, no, 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 no. Let, I, let's not talk about Brian. You can go to his website if you want. You can find him. You can call him. But right now, you and me, let's let's look at the scriptures. Where is your authority for what you're doing? Because I can show you mine. Uh, and I, I want you to look at it and I want you to tell me if I'm wrong uh, because I've been wrong before uh, and that was a problem and I don't want to do that again uh, and so that's something that I, I tried to do and it just wasn't effective yeah. I'm not married to any position so if someone were to say I know where authority is on something you said that there's not cool awesome show it to me I'll start doing it now right we're not doing it now because we don't know the authority for it. But if you know something that we don't, cool. Let, let's pull that out the hat and show it. And it's as quick as done today, not next week, right? Yeah. Uh, but that, but the, and, the, and that, that idea there of it's done today is, is definitely a different mentality. Uh, because it wasn't, uh, I, I know that uh, any issues that come up, they, they have to be addressed directly now. But back then it was well. Let's think about it. Let's let's talk with somebody else. Let's let's pull in somebody else, and think on it. And maybe next Sunday, rather than you know, if there's a problem in the congregation, you can't you can't just let it go. You can't be like, oh, we'll deal with it later, or it'll resolve itself. Uh, among brethren, among the congregation, no, you you need to address it directly. And that and that kind of goes to like career choices, all that kind of stuff. It's like we, when you realize that no, you're. You're not doing things right. You have to, you have to make a change. It's not something that you can wait on, uh, and that that's different. The, 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 that's definitely different from where I grew up as a kid, uh, where it's like, no, let's let's take a step back. Let's go a little slower and, and find and maybe pull in other people. But didn't they teach not to boast of tomorrow? Yes, yes. Yeah, they yeah. taught James four thirteen through eighteen. But what about the application? Or thir- thir- James four thirteen through sixteen. But what about applying it? Yeah. Yeah, that's always the problem. You know, it's generally speaking, if I'm studying with somebody that has a tradition and certain backgrounds for 20 or 30 years, they've heard these scriptures Mm -hmm. or they've heard similar scriptures. They've just never considered them beyond how they fit their tradition. And, 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 and that was, and that's the boat I was in and that's the boat I, of the people I tried to talk to. And, and really it, I, I really like that idea that it's it, your truth versus the truth. Uh, and especially nowadays uh, you, you hear John eighteen thirty eight what is truth? You hear what is truth all the time. It's like, no, actually it's logical. It's straightforward. It's, it's in the scriptures in front of you. You just have to be open to hear it. And that's, that, that, that's been big for me. Under the law of Moses, it said to honor thy father and thy mother in Exodus 20, verse 12, that the days may be long upon the land. And, and of course, that's repeated, you know, Ephesians 6 and verse 2. How hard is it, just real quick as we come towards the end, to draw that because the law of Moses also says, and this is what people aren't familiar with, they'll listen to mom and dad, but those scriptures have qualifiers. In Deuteronomy 13, 6 through 8, if thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is thy own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, 
thou nor thy fathers, namely, of the gods of the people which are around about you, nigh unto thee or far from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall I pity him, neither shall thou spare, neither shall thou conceal him. It's, they want to talk about, hey, you know, don't dishonor your mom. Don't dishonor your dad. You're, you're going and, and you're changing what we taught you as a child. No, I'm going and seeing what God actually says, and I'm going to follow that. But a lot of people have this ignorant basis that began the law of Moses that, hey, I got to honor my mom and dad. I'm going to listen to them. They're the chief. And then traditionalism becomes generational. It's the, the, the church of your family. It's what you grew up in. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, and that was that was me. That was my life. It was, it was, uh, we, we, we were in the church we grew up in. We thought we were right. We, we were following our parents. We were following the, the what we thought was logical. But... Uh, it, when it was pushed, really, even a little bit, it turned out it wasn't. And, and trying to trying to f uh, fix that, and then trying to help others is is and realizing that they don't want help is a struggle. So, do you have any other thoughts you want to bring up? As no, we well, <laughs> yeah, maybe just uh, that. I mean, it, that it doesn't have to be that way. If you if you strive, you can you can find uh, the the uh, Luke thirteen twenty four strive to enter in in the straight gate. It's going to take work. You have to you have to work for it. But if you work for it, you can you can find the truth. It's there for you. Uh, and I mean, uh, I know you've talked about your your phone number is available. Call him, and and it doesn't mean he's going to give you uh, the 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 cultish way of going. But that can show you the truth from the scriptures. Just what the scriptures have to say. Don't follow him. Don't follow me. Don't follow other people. Follow the scriptures. So, folks, Paul came in with a subject that's near and dear to his heart. I can tell you that the heartbreak he has is genuine. I've seen it every time he's around his family, more so his mother uh, than others. The disappointment that there's not a true, genuine seeking, that uh, the effort to put forth something that it would at least cause a question. So maybe you're sitting out there and you're thinking, yeah, I know I'm wrong, but my family this or my family that. You know, remove what Paul said, remove what I said. These are all words to make you think, hopefully, just to make you think. I want to read you what Jesus says on this subject. Do I follow my family? In Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 25, there went great multitudes with him. So Jesus has a lot of people that have followed him at this point. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it? Less happily, after he laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is a great way off, he sendeth ambassage and desireth conditions of peace." So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot 
be my disciple. If I counted right, that's three times in that text that Jesus said you cannot be his disciple if you're not going to put him first. Sometimes the unfortunate truth is, and again, we see it first in Genesis chapter 4 and then repeatedly throughout scriptures. Even Jesus had problems with his own brothers in John chapter 7. Sometimes the worst challenge you will have to overcome to get to eternal life is your family, the people that you love in the flesh, the people that you would think would be first in line to listen when you find the great treasure of truth. Unfortunately, that's the big challenge. It hurts. Paul has felt it. Uh, in my estimation, I think every Christian I know that is faithful to the Lord has family issues, the challenge of overcoming faith. What do you think? No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it may be one of the most difficult, if not the, because the people you love most in the flesh, you want them to be there with you in all eternity. But if you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, that means everyone and everything else is second or lower. Lord has to be first. You know that if you've studied your Bible. The question is, will you live it? Hey, I'm going to put this real hard to you. You know, don't play. Either be a Christian or not. There's no point in wasting your time and half-heartedly going and sitting in some assembly and pretending to be a Christian. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Yeah, it's a waste of time. Uh, but don't take that and say, okay, I give up. Take that as a wake-up call. Heaven is worth all losses because God is your creator. He is your true father. And nobody will ever love you like he has. And no one will ever do what Jesus has done. And it's worth whatever price there is to pay because eternity is the reward. I hope you'll take this to heart. Listen to the things that Paul had to say. You know, traditionalism, it's hard to overcome. The Jews struggled with it. You know, we didn't get to a lot of different contexts. Uh, Mark 7, 1 through 13, another context shows that they had a lot of traditions. And, and Jesus pointed out to them that they were hypocrites. They, through their own traditions, made the word of God of no effect. And that is so true, so true. You can go and read those scriptures, Mark 7, 1 through 13, or Matthew's parallel account, Matthew 15, 1 through 14. You can make the word of God of none effect through your own tradition. Open your heart and your mind. I'm gonna give you my phone number like I always do. It's 915-525-5794. You can visit the website, wordstruth.net. Hey, look, if you call me up and we have a Bible study, I'm not gonna tell you, just trust me. Matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you just the opposite. We'll prove all things. Uh, Paul and I have had Bible studies and they weren't always just, okay, okay, he pushed back, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't want to do some of the things we yeah. talked about. So. And was it cordial? <laughs> yeah, you were, you were always cordial. I was, there were times where I would get forceful, where I, I would, it's like, no, this, no, no, this, no, this, this is challenging. Uh, but it, you were always cordial. <laughs> yeah, so if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, hey, this guy's probably going to jump all over me. You, you've heard it from the different brethren that have come in here and joined. Um, all, all of these men I've had to study with, and, and sometimes they're pointed studies. And, and all of them challenge because these are men, right? Men, we stand. And here's the thing. All these men that I've had on, on this podcast, they have good and honest hearts. And they stood and they figured out, I'm standing against God. 
and they surrender to his will. We love that we had the opportunity to bring you this podcast. Hope it's been effective and impactful for you and hope that you will tune back in as uh, on Sunday, if all goes according to plan, the next podcast will be up. Thank you so much for listening. You got anything else you want to mention? No, no. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much for listening.